Hello, welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 18. On this episode, I sit down with Brad Chris of Shoppa's Farm Supply in South Texas. Brad is a large ag sales manager at Shoppa, at Shoppa's, and uh, they have eight locations across South Texas. Several of Shoppa's locations were basically at ground zero when Hurricane Harvey made landfall. Brad and I will discuss how Harvey has has and will affect Shoppa's in the coming months and year. Uh, we also talk about how Harvey has affected the crops and the used equipment market and how if it'll have a positive or negative reaction to the storm. Brad, thanks for being on my podcast. Thank you. Okay. Well, Brad, I always like to get guys' backgrounds of, of, of kind of their history and, and then their their uh, their dealership history before we get started. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and, and Shoppa Farm Supply? Okay. Um, you know, I, I came from a small town in uh, western Missouri. And uh, when I graduated school, I'm, I, uh, I, I went to work for John Deere Company um, when I graduated and worked for them for eight years. Uh, that took me across the country and eventually down here to the Gulf Coast, where uh, I was territory manager and called on Shoppa's, uh, oh, two, 13 years ago. And, uh, and uh, since then, Mr. Shoppa hired me. I've been with Shoppa's now for, for going, on, uh, going on 13 years. And uh, been the large ag sales manager uh, since we came in. We we divide our business into a large ag, small ag uh, segments, and so we have a small ag sales manager, and then I'm I'm on the large ag, large side. Gotcha. Okay, so you guys had a little bit of a storm come through there not too long ago, with Harvey kind of rolling through there. And um, if if you guys aren't familiar with with Shoppers and, and how they're located, if you take a map out and go look at where their locations are, basically. There wasn't probably one of your stores that wasn't affected by that storm. Is that right, right Brad? Yeah, Giddings and Shiner, which are a couple of our hay dealers uh-huh. um, on the northwest part of our territory, they they just got some needed rain for the hay patches, yep. but everybody else affected tremendously. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, I was watching that storm roll through, and I was I was thinking about man, I bet those guys down there, uh, shoppers are probably just because you. I mean, I start thinking about deer dealers down there and. And the various other dealers that I know that are down there, and I was like, man, you guys are just like right smack dab in the middle of of anything and everything that could possibly uh, kind of really happen to you. Really took place right there. So you guys, you took the the full brunt of that, and and, and so how, so all your locations except for, you know the two that you mentioned, how many of them are operational, and how many of them are not operational? Well, um, the one that that hit it the worst was actually our our Liberty location, and it wasn't the the wind damage that got us so much there, it was just 51 inches of rain right. and uh, the Trinity river back and then the creeks backed up and, and we had almost six foot of, of water in the dealership. And so that is a, a, a total gut job on that dealership. And, and uh, we are, we are open. Um, if you mm. consider allowing customers come in, being open, um, fully operational. We're a long way from that, long way from that. Um, our Victoria store, was closest to the eye of Harvey, and uh, there was there was some damage down there. Uh, shop doors being pushed in uh, without power for almost three weeks after the storm, uh, and then the rest of the stores. Victoria was wind. The rest of the stores were really just uh, just an incredible amount of rain. Yeah, the the rain was was what I was. That that probably did a lot more damage. The hurricane did a lot more damage via the rain than it did just. The, the typical hurricane force winds, I'm sure. I mean, you're reading the stuff where they're getting yeah. 36 yeah. inches to 51 inches yeah. of water, man. That's just a lot of water. 
it, it, I mean, it was incredible. Um, I've, I've no, and, and the hurricane, if it was just the hurricane that had pushed through, but when Harvey backed up on us and came, you know, it went, went through and then came back on us and just sat on us. Um, that was, that was, that was tough. That was tough. And we've had several of our employees, um, lose their homes, you know, water up into, into the attic on some single story home. Uh, you know, it was nothing to hear, hear guys tell me, man, Brad, I had six, seven feet of water in my house. And, uh, it just, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. We can handle the hurricane. It's just that water that came with it was yeah. just, just pretty tough this time. Yeah, that, that was, that's crazy. So, so I'm, I'm guessing that most of your, your cotton crop was cut by the time the storm came through and, and you had stuff built up at the end of the fields. Well, y y yes and no. Um, so our, our Southern counties were, you know, some of them hundred percent picked out, some of them 90% picked out. Uh, Wharton County, where our headquarters is, is in, in El Campo, Texas. And then Matagorda County and Fort Bend County, we were probably 20%, maybe 30% picked. And, uh, you know, it, you never get a storm like this when you got half a bale or three quarter bale cotton crop. We get it when we've got three plus bale cotton and coming yep. off a complete disaster last year. Uh, it was just, it, the timing couldn't have been any more poor. So, um, it, it took a cotton crop from, uh, three plus bale down to just over a bale. And uh, so we lost over 50% of the cotton that was in the field. Plus you take the, the grade that came with that cotton and it's a, it's a poor grade. We ha have had some seed sprout, um, just a lot of challenges and, and, uh, and insurance is still having us pick it. And yeah. so uh, the only case where insurance not, not is if the river uh, had gotten, if, if it was just rain, you have to pick it. If the river had covered your cotton, um, then they're, they're insuring that out. Okay. So how are, how are your customers responding to what they're seeing there? I mean, are they kind of in the wait and see mode, what insurance company is going to do and how that's going to play out and how, how their crop money is going to come in and, and how that's going to affect their, their purchasing, uh, kind of end of the year purchasing stuff. Or, or do you see more guys lined up saying, Hey man, my, my four wheel drive or my row crop or my planter, this or that, it was under four feet of water. I mean, I'm going to have to get something new. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not aware of any large ag equipment that went underwater. The, 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 the good thing about a hurricane versus like that tornado that hit Greensburg a few years ago, uh, we knew it was coming. And so we did try to prepare as much as we could to get equipment to high ground. Um, and so our large, large ag uh, equipment, I'm not aware of any, um, we had one disc go underwater. Um, but other than that, I, I'm not any large ag equipment that went underwater. Uh, quite a bit of lawnmowers from people in people's garages, uh, you know, small tractors, you know, uh, 5,000 series tractors, gators. We've seen a lot of that stuff coming in the shop that took water. Uh, the, the biggest thing with our customers is uh, we need to try to figure out a way to remarket their pickers and, and get that burden off of them. Um, we're very fortunate that uh, West Texas, Oklahoma, um, the Southeast, even up into the Carolinas, everybody knock on wood is looking at a pretty good cotton crop this year. And uh, we've been able to take those pickers, even though we wanted to do it a little bit sooner, we've been uh, able to remarket a lot of those pickers to get that debt burden off our customers. So when you start looking at that stuff that you're going to re remarket, what, what is your, I mean, is it, is it the stuff that they're, they went through the storm that you're trying to help them get pushed out or stuff that, that they're actually trading in on the, the stuff that you've moved out that you're trying to, to get pushed back in. Yeah. 
Well, we had a we had a, we had a we knew that cotton was going to be a good 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 commodity this year. Um, it's not great not great price right now, but it sure beats three dollar corn. <clears throat> and so um, so we we decided that we were going to try to create a plan where we're working with other deer dealers across the across the cotton belt and trying to remarket these machines before the storm. Um, we just uh, we we've worked with a lot of good dealers and we we've moved out you know, almost, almost 40 pickers, uh, out of our area and into other areas. And, um, the relief came, you know, at first everybody thought it was a great idea. Hey, I don't have to pay insurance. I don't have to pay interest on it during the off season. Um, but the, the real relief came is when they said I've lost 60% of my cotton crop and now I can get out, get out of a picker and, uh, and move it on down the road and stop that interest and stop that insurance. So what are some so out of this, you know, every, everything bad like this comes along. There's going to be some some positive things that come from it, and there's always going to be some negative stuff that come with it as well, obviously. But what what do you what do you see? Some is, is coming through the end of the year. You know, of course, you got you got a mountain stuff to clean up, and you got to get everything back into operating functions, and you know all that kind of stuff. But what are some of your short term uh, opportunities that you see is going to come out of this? Yeah, cleanup is going to be a big thing. Um, uh, we've worked work real closely with Deer to uh, secure some CWP products um, to place in our stores. That you know we kind of we kind of circle Houston, and uh, so we've got uh, CWP products ready to to go in when when we're allowed to get in there and start cleaning up, which is which is right now. Um, you know, our large ag business for the guys that had their crop out, the rain, yeah, it was it was too much, but. Uh, but you know we 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 take that rain, and so really, guys are in the field now working. Um, and if you didn't see debris piled up, you wouldn't know there was a storm because tractors are in the field, uh, sprayers are spraying, uh, and there's still some cotton being picked. So um, the the large ag guys are kind of back to normal, which you know the guys that got their cotton picked, like I said, it was a great yield. So we're thinking that. Even though the the storm wasn't a great thing, it's not going to be as catastrophic as what it could have been if there was more cotton in the field for us. So with this opportunity you see coming here at the end of the year, it sounds like you're going to have, you know, there are guys that are going to do some stuff. How do you see that rolling into the first year, carrying over, uh, you know, the next six, nine months or so? How do you see that opportunities yeah. that you have now? How do you see those playing out? Well, you know, combines are going to be a struggle for us again this year just because of, of uh, grain prices. Uh, and so I don't know that we'll see a lot of combine business. However, the rice market, um, with some agreements, which in, in verbal agreements, I guess I'd say with China, um, are really giving us a shot in the arm in the rice market. Um, rice prices are creeping up a little bit. Uh, cotton is still king here though, on this coast. And, uh, we are going to see a lot more cotton planted. And with the, with the opportunity we've got, um, we think we're going to have a, a big opportunity with both brand new and uh, and one and two year old cotton pickers next year. So uh, we're gonna we really anticipate a, a good strong uh, 2018 in the harvest equipment, especially in pickers. So when you look at out other crops, okay. So obviously you're growing corn down there, you're growing soybeans and rice and those kind of things. Um, stepping away from the cotton part, from what, how did that hurricane affect you know the standing corn that was down there? Um, well, you guys probably cut yeah. now, but I mean, how how like those kind of things work out for you? Yeah, we'd shelled all our corn, mm -hmm. um, and so the the corn was out. Second crop rice, um, we do we 
down here we're, we're fortunate. So we'll, we'll harvest our first cutting of rice around the 15th of July. And then there's a ratoon crop that comes back with that. And so um, that second crop, there's a lot of second crop rice that's laid over, um, which will be tough to go pick up uh, and get out of the field. So that, that affected that. What little soybeans we have, um, if they were in the field, uh, pods started popping and they pretty well are, they're pretty well non-existent at this point. Soybeans are, are pretty well hundred percent lost. So, um, uh, the rice is still there. It's going to be a challenge to get it picked up, especially we generally cut our second crop in late October to November, which is getting to be the rainy season for us. And, uh, and having to go in and mud out rice when it's down gets to be a real, real challenge. So, um, it did affect the, the, those crops. Uh, the, we have a big turf grass market down here. Um, it slowed down the turf grass market because you just, you can't harvest sod when it's wet. So we lost really three weeks of that. Uh, but there's just, there's trucks rolling in and out all the time with sod on them now because everybody's trying to catch up and meet the demand that's going on in Houston and in San Antonio. Yeah. So there, you got opportunities no matter, I mean, really you got some losses in some places, but you do have, sounds like you got a lot of good opportunities still kind of out there that you can take advantage of. You know, yeah, you know, Casey, we do. Hay was, uh, there, we had a, we had hay just stacked up like cordwood everywhere. And when this storm hit, there was so much flooding. Um, we saw a big consumption in our, our stock of round bales, um, guys taking bales out to cattle on airboats and, uh, feeding off airboats and trying to just, alive so we use a lot of that excess hay so we and with this rain we're going to get another cutting here that uh that prior to that hurricane we wouldn't have so the hay market is another big opportunity for us going here through the end of the year okay so with all this kind of jumping into some equipment talk here so when you start looking at your stuff going into the first year and stuff how how is leasing equipment going to going to play out for you and and how is just your your traditional um retail note mix going to look we don't we traditionally don't do a lot of leasing um we we did uh two years ago um deer came out with some programs on the new side and we took advantage of it uh we did do a couple of those uh, or we did a few of those short-term leases through deer but traditionally our customers down here are a i want to own it customer um they they just we we've don't embrace leasing as well i i do think that everything you know, like you said, there's always a silver lining and, and yeah, that storm was at a terrible time for us, but, uh, it wasn't a complete disaster for the ag side. I think, uh, we're still looking forward to going into a, a real strong retail note, 2018. Do you think the, uh, the new stuff like that is going to be a, uh, a big driver for guys now that come, come, come to the table or do you have a lot of guys that are going to be looking for that? late model, low hour stuff. You know, we are, uh, we are a, uh, we are a late model, low hour, uh, market. You know, we'll, we do have some new buyers, but, uh, a lot of our equipment, we sure like, a, an eight R with four, 400 hours on it. And, um, you know, combines, it's pretty tough for us to get rice combines from anywhere, but here, but, but any grain machines, we, we do a lot of, of low hour, uh, grain machines. Um, so that's really our, you know, like I said, we've got we've got our new buyers, but all in all, our our big market is going to be pulling machines out of Nebraska, pulling machines out of Georgia, um, low hour clean clean equipment. 
So when you look at what what we start looking around, do you feel like the used equipment marketplace is going to have the same effect post Katrina that we uh, you know after Harvey that we're seeing now? Kind of the same stuff we saw after after Katrina, where there was a granted the economic the times were different than they were uh, than they are now, but do you feel like there's going to be that? string of equipment that you just head south for two or three years after that or do you think it's going to be a just kind of the same old same old i casey i honestly believe your yellow iron you're going to see uh i i i fully believe that we will see the around the state of texas into louisiana oklahoma and arkansas you'll see the majority of the yellow iron consumed there um because of the storm i don't see that uh real game changer on the ag side because of harvey um and uh but but i do think you'll see just a massive amount of construction equipment uh move south yeah yeah i know my my brother did a lot of uh, hurricane cleanup after katrina and you know there were skid steers all over the place heading down south and backhoes and excavators and all that different kind of stuff and uh, yeah that's a good point that i never really thought of much about the about the yellow side of the business headed down that way and we've looked for opportunities. Um, we've, we've worked uh, real close with a construction uh, dealership in North Texas, and uh, we're using using our lots as a staging area, and we're we're selling out of their inventory right now too, just uh, just to try to meet that demand and and be here be here close. So, of of your stores that you have out there that aren't that were underwater, like you said, had six feet of water in them, that kind of stuff. How far away are you from? Like, what are you doing now? Do you have like a like a mobile job trailer out there that you're working out of or, or what, what is it that you're doing down there to, to keep that business rolling? Yeah. So, um, we've got, you know, really the, the only store that's not fully operational is Liberty. And, uh, so we've got, um, we've got a, uh, a, a car hauler trailer that we have, uh, wrapped and we are, uh, we are basically setting up a storefront, um, moving it into affected areas and uh, and we're you know selling generators with that, um, selling chainsaws, cleanup equipment. We've got a salesman there. Uh, we, we've had a couple of sa- uh, skid steer sales out of that. Basically, kind of like you said, we're trying to take our dealership to those affected areas and and not ask those people to try to get out to the country out of Houston, but bringing the country into Houston. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, how long? How long do you think that'll be that you'll have to live and kind of operate under those those uh, circumstances? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, it's just amazing, though, trying to find uh, sheet rockers, trying to find yeah. uh, finished carpenters. It's just it's it's such high demand right now. And they can stay in Houston and just go house to house to house to house just right down the block and and know they've got a job. And, and so it's a little bit harder to get some of that labor out to the uh, to the uh, rural areas that we're in. So, man, so you. It'll be a little while, but you guys are always, you muster through and get your. Uh, yeah, yeah, I tell you, it was, it, it was uh, just to be here and to see uh, just how people were helping people. It was it was pretty incredible. Um, like I said, we're in Wharton County here in El Campo, and the, the city of Wharton um, flooded houses that have never flooded ever um, had six, seven, eight feet of water in them. Wow. And to see helping strangers, um to see farmers come in with their tractors, helping water evacuate people, uh, it was really a really a neat deal. And then then you you got people like uh, Bryant Robertson up there at East Coast Equipment, Ricky Smith at uh, J Florida, 
uh, Aaron Fennell, 21st century. I can't tell you how many John Deere dealers, that's just to name a few. I can't tell you how many John Deere dealers reached out to us uh, and, and gave gift cards for employees and customers and, uh, you know, uh, pallets of clothes. And it just, I tell you what, it, uh, it really, it, it really was humbling. You know, we all like to kind of do everything ourselves, but to have those kind of people that, that, uh, you know, you, you, you talk to on the phone weekly, but to have them just step up and do whatever they could to help a pretty cool deal. Really? Yeah. yeah. The user quit world, man. It's and you know, the guys that are involved in that and the dealerships that work together with guys, it's, it's kind of like a, a quasi fraternity sometimes, you know, you feel like we get to know each other and, and, uh, you end up becoming friends with guys you've never even met, you know? And yeah. You just talk to him on the phone enough that you that you kind of feel like you have a pretty strong bond and pretty good relationship with him, and and you end up kind of coming together when when times get tough like this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, one last thing, and we'll we'll, we'll jump off here. But pre Harvey, obviously, and then kind of looking out towards the end of the year, how do you feel like the auction market's going to be in your in your area, and and how much is that affecting what guys are doing and what they aren't doing, and and how's that How's that minutia of, of the auction market working with your, with your retail sales? You know, we've got a, we've got just one auction that is a, it's a, it's a simple sale that they do down here. Um, and uh, I can tell you the, the biggest thing with that is at first I really fought it. Having an auction in our area was something that I just, I really didn't want to see. Um, but really what it's done is, it has really helped educate our customers on real world trade values, yep. especially when they've got their piece of equipment in that sale. When, when I've given them, Hey, this, that, you know, 8530 is only worth X. And, uh, but you know, Hey, if you can sell it, please do. They go out and they try the auction and they, they find out that, you know, what the real real world values are on that equipment, not just what, what here at shop is we're telling them. So, um, you know, the auction is not a big business driver for us, but what it has done is it's helped educate our customers on what the, like I said, what the real world trade values are, not what they would like to see or what they see on tractor house or fast line or anything like that. It's amazing how much, how much an, an auction can really make a guy think about what he's, what we're giving them for trade value. You know, um, of course their, their piece is always the best piece out. Yeah, there. absolutely. And then when it goes and runs through an auction and it brings 10 or 15 less than we're willing to give to them, you know, they don't, they <laughs> kind of get a eat a little humble pie there when they when they come back yeah and sometimes i take a deep breath and say whoo i'm glad he didn't do that <laughs> yeah i do the same thing too man he gets comes back in he gets 10 grand more than i was willing to offer for him then i kind of look stupid but yeah know. that's exactly right <laughs> and man, i don't need help looking look like that yeah it's uh but yeah so it always hopefully every time it comes around those auctions are we're kind of the same way our auction market is is kind of hit or miss right now and, and it feels like i've said it before in previous podcasts that if you do have some late model stuff and, and you're, you're gonna punch your ticket and, and, and jump out uh a lot of guys i think retired probably uh we're gonna retire five or seven years ago and things were just so good they were gonna ride the wave and now they're getting out and they're gonna just cash their chips in and, and move on to whatever they're doing but this could be the year where you could make some decent money on a farm sale if you have that late model, low hour stuff out there. Um, I think there's some opportunities there for, for a lot of people to go sell stuff. But I also watch a lot of a lot of auctions now where there's a lot of equipment, especially here in the Midwest. You know, 
lot of equipment in these auctions right now, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how things are going to shape out towards the end of the year. Yeah, so. I, I think you're right on, right on there. And, and, and I don't know, it just seems like, uh, you know, right when I think that auction market is going to get strong, uh, you'll have a big dealer liquidation, and it, yeah. it just it changes the whole dynamic of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been seeing. I mean, it's like it's not the stuff I'm watching right now isn't isn't consignment sales. It's it's larger dealer liquidation stuff, and and I think some guys right now are just kind of at the point where they're purging what they got to purge, and they've they've hung on to it long enough, and they've they've tried it for two or three years, writing stuff down and changing pricing and doing those other stuff, and they're they're just done with it moving on yeah i think you're right well brad i want to thank you for being on the podcast i feel like we've kind of covered the gambit here and and uh man I, my my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family and, and all your all your people down there in south texas and and um i hope if there's anything i can do for you let me know casey thanks for having me on and, and really really appreciate it all right well that's going to do it for this edition of the moving iron podcast i'd like to thank brad uh, shop is there for being on, on the podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go out and move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.